When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome to Sports and Things, a weekly podcast where we go in depth on sports and music topics of the week. Featuring John Lane, Trey Ely, Jay Hill, and host Dennis Turner. Welcome everybody to Sports and Things. I'm your host, Dennis Turner. With me as always, I got the fellas Trey Ely, Jay Hill, and John Lane. What up, fellas? Yeah. Yeah. This is the podcast where we are musicians who love to talk sports and we talk sports with each other until we are blue in the face. But today we're gonna start the segment with uh, a new a new segment, uh, John's Family Debate. And it's becoming a theme that John kind of leaves these shows off with these quirky stories. So we're just gonna let him have the first segment. Man, so I've been going I've been going on and on with my family about this. So I was in the car with my wife, and my wife teases me to this day about it. I was in the car with my wife and she wanted to order some food. So she calls this sub place. Now, first thing I'm thinking of, I should just get a chicken sandwich. But then she says, you know, they have salads. So I said salads. She said, she said, um, she said they have salads there too, because she knows that I've been eating more salads. She goes, um, they have a they have a chicken salad with mumbo sauce. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah, I'll take I'll take a chicken salad. So she orders it and she goes, chicken salad, yeah, I'd like to order a chicken salad. And then she goes, Do you want it on uh wheat or white white bread? I said, What? <laughs> She said, do you want your chicken salad on wheat or white bread? I said, I don't want a sandwich. I want chicken salad. She goes, that is chicken That's salad. chicken salad. Right. I was like, hell like no. Tuna salad. I said, chicken salad is salad with chicken in it. No. She goes, no. Chicken, chicken salad, salad. Is, is chicken is chicken that's mixed in and yep. put in between two pieces of bread. I was like, Bingo. nah, bro. Bingo. Chicken, <laughs> chicken salad. <laughs> like tuna salad. Chicken salad. Tuna salad. Just like chicken salad. No, nah, tuna that's salad not the same thing. salad with tuna in it. Chicken salad is a salad with chicken in it. Yo, if I wanted a, if I wanted the sandwich, then I would have said, I want a chicken salad sandwich. No, she what said, you no, want. that's not what they say. They say, when you when you say chicken salad, then they give you a chicken salad sandwich. I said, well, they need to change that shit. Because that don't make sense. salad with chicken. That's what you so, want. So, wait a minute. What's the argument that you wanted a chicken? Oh. Yeah, a chicken. 
He got <laughs> dark cards in four. <laughs> Dennis got dark card. Did it give me again? <laughs> oh hell Dang yeah! It. Oh yeah! Is it still? What did you say? All right, we nah, that's good. good. What'd you say? I said, I said, is it that you wanted a chicken salad and they tried to offer you a chicken salad sandwich? Is that the deal? That's what it is. I wanted a salad. They don't have chicken it. salad. They don't have salad with chicken. They don't have salad. No. Period. And then she's like, I called a sub place. So why didn't <laughs> Did you know lettuce? it was a sandwich? <laughs> right. And I said, and I said, because you told me that they had chicken salad and you knew that I liked salad with chicken in it. So why, not what you say. why would you say that? Not what you say why would you say that? And so now there's this ongoing thing. And my brother-in-law is a chef. So he's like, no, a chicken salad is, is a chicken salad. If you want a salad with chicken in it, then you say, I want salad with chicken in it. Or a what? chicken Caesar salad. Exactly. Oh, you got you to gotta add the salad to your sandwich. Yeah. Add, and, the, and add yeah, the protein yeah. to your salad. Exactly. That's why you say that's you first. Wait, 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 wait. But if you nah. go to a restaurant and you order like a chicken Caesar salad, the first word in a Caesar salad is chicken. Thank you. But it's a Caesar salad. There is no Caesar <laughs> salad sandwich. <laughs> but you can get a chicken Caesar salad. <laughs> no, no fucking wait, Caesar wait, wait, salad wait, wait, sandwich. Wait, wait. But if you get a chicken Caesar salad You can get a Caesar salad rabbit. Why can't you have a chicken Caesar salad sandwich, Jay? Why can't you? You can go there because they like, don't put dog. Caesar salad on bread. They put it in a wrap. You can get a chicken Caesar salad wrap. Thank what you, is this Trey. Conversation about <laughs> your dog. Know. Let me let me get a chicken Caesar salad sandwich, bro. I'm sorry, sir. Can you say it again? I said a chicken Caesar salad sandwich. Uh, we ain't with got tuna. That. With what, tuna. What? I said, let me get a chicken Caesar salad sandwich, nigga. Oh, okay, I got you. What protein you having? Right. <laughs> do, you want, do you want that on salmon? You want salmon with that? Do you want that on rye? Like, anyway, no. so all that to say, I went over to my mom's house today with my son, and she made me a chicken salad dip. <laughs> Bam. That you, that you can spread on bread? Bam. Yes. See? <laughs> See? She's like, I made chicken salad. I was like, oh, you got salad with chicken in? And then she gave me that. I was like, nah, see? Okay. You know it. Moms is right. You can't, full you of can't argue. Moms is always right. Shit. That is funny. Okay, well, not to, not to never start a show on a good note. That's a, that's a funny story. You could argue <laughs> if you can go get a chicken Caesar salad sandwich from any... <laughs> 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 Now, dark heart again. <laughs> it's every time he's every time he starts talking about chicken. Again? Jesus. Mm-hmm. Every time he starts talking about chicken. Let's move on from chicken in. Let's, let's move on from chicken. All right. <laughs> All right. So Washington football team, or Daniel Snyder has said that he would keep the Washington football team name if it uh, draws traction. And I think the, the papers are saying that it's drawing traction. And I wanted to get Trey's opinion on what that means for the franchise, how you feel about it, and try go. All right. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, the, the all the drama, every offseason, every season here, we don't need to be weird about anything else. I mean, we just need to get, pick a name and have a real name. We don't need to be the only team in the NFL without a, without a name. Um, it's just we, we're already doing too much. Um, so, um, I tell you what, if they make a deal that we have to be the unnamed team, but we can get rid of Dan Snyder, I would take that deal. <laughs> I would take that deal in a minute. Damn. 
<laughs> wait, wait. But he's the one that, that's saying that they're going to keep the name, so. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> so we we talked about this. It's collateral damage. Yeah, we talked about this on the first in the first episode, and it's all about marketing, right? So, or being able to capitalize on merchandise. And if he feels like he can get traction with the Washington football team, I don't think that they're really going to change the name. Uh, it's just it's it is kind of sad to be the only team in the Washington in the National Football League that doesn't have an actual name, mascot, and something for like the the, the crowd to get behind in terms of like you know camaraderie and stuff like that. Um, I just don't know what it means moving forward. You won't really know. What? Go ahead. If they go with that merchandise they got now, they ain't making no money off that ugly stuff. Well, maybe they need to come up with something better. I jerseys. mean, they look good on the field. I'm talking right. about stuff they sell, they're trying to sell us. Well, you know, it just says uh, Washington established like 1932. <laughs> I mean, it's cool if yeah. it's if it's classic or if it's kind of you know simple or whatever. It's just low effort and ugly. I mean, it was rushed, so I I, I figure that's why. But I mean, but wait, wait, wait. You got it. You got a whole marketing good. team. You got a whole marketing team. You got a whole like team of people put together to to build your merchandise right so it being rushed is not a real thing because they had time to think about the possible the possible name they were going to use for this year and they settled on that one and i'm pretty sure you you know you know when they when they do like the the nba finals or the Super Bowl, the team that loses uh, they still make those t-shirts anyway and they send those t-shirts to the losing team <laughs> off to a third world country it's the same thing it's like you got you got options bro like you know what I'm saying? and i'm pretty sure they decided on the merchandise that they're selling right now. So we'll have to wait and see yeah, how that Well, somebody happens. made a bad decision because that stuff ain't – I saw – and the thing is, it was like maybe one shirt I liked. I didn't like any of the hats. Anything that I thought was was at least remotely decent is sold out. Well, you saw what I, you saw what I did. I made my own shirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you said somebody made a bad decision. You mean Daniel Snyder. You didn't blame – it's the first time you didn't blame Daniel Snyder. Oh, it's all his fault. <laughs> I was I was I was hoping for the disdain. <laughs> At this point I feel like the name is is just being made fun of now, so it's just gonna be a funny thing to everybody. Mm-hmm. Question. Do you make fun of a team with a funny name that wins still? Always. I think people will people will find a way to make fun of them because they they hate that they're winning. Oh, that's fair. All right, well, we can we'll see how that plays out in, in the next well have to give it to the end of the season to see what they actually do with their record and, you know, what they decide on if they're going to keep the name as permanent, see how much traction it gets. I don't think it's going to stick. I think I think they're going to have to pick a mascot and pick a name, you know, in order for that, that for them to get past the actual last name that they had, you know, and you have to pick a new name. So with that being said, we're going to move on to the actual gameplay. And I'm going to ask, how do you guys think Dwayne Haskins did? And how did the team do overall? And I'll start with John. Um, it wasn't impressive. I, I, obviously, they didn't start off very well. Um, I don't really have a lot of faith in Dwayne Haskins. Um, I think he will get better over time, but it'll be over a long period of time if he gets the consistency. But um, in the first quarter, I was seeing a lot of the mistakes that he was making last season and his main thing that I've noticed is he likes to try to squeeze the ball under very, very tight um, just pause orifices 
<laughs> um, he likes to throw. <laughs> oh, he lo- he loves to throw. Throwing orbs. That is new. He On the football throw field? Into, uh, he loves to throw And I don't know if it's just him trying to, trying to be that guy, trying to be like the next Aaron Rodgers. But um, he's just not making all the very necessary decisions. And that's where I think Alex Smith can really help him out. Now, with that being said, the guy who's calling the plays uh, is doing a very good job facilitating ball because we have some pretty good running backs. So whatever was said at halftime by Dwayne Haskins um, helped because the defense was on fire. And they say defense wins championships. If your defense plays well, then it motivates your offense. And, you know, you can look at the San Francisco 49ers last year as proof of that. Okay. Jay Hill? Um, I think this this first game was not really a good measurement um, to begin with, simply because there was no preseason. So this was more or less trial by fire, which, I mean, that's how every game is supposed to be anyway, because it's, it's supposed to act like it's a real game, whether it's preseason or not. But you never got that time with the dudes to really develop that uh, chemistry. I think I think he, I think the defense did what they were supposed to do. Obviously, again, because there was no preseason game, it took them a quarter to get, oh, yeah, 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 that's right. We're supposed to tackle them. Oh, and sack him. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I, I'm my bad. I thought we were just out here running drills. So they finally picked it up second quarter. And then, you know, um, Haskins just took over. You know, I got it. All, the, all I got to do is not fuck it up. Right, coach? Got this. And, I mean, he he did what he's supposed to do. Like, as long as you got a defense like that, like to say, we'll spot you 14 points. If you ain't got to go no more than 60 yards because we stopping them, maybe even 50. Like, I feel like the defense is going to really step it up as we get further along and we're going to start to see them records. Like, they haven't they haven't allowed a team pass to 50 in, in six quarters. You know what I mean? Like, it's going it, to be good. I mean, the, the secondary is questionable, but Haskins did what he's supposed to do because – you know, as long as you take care of the ball, we can win the game, son. Cool. Well, it's called management, right? And yeah. a lot of numbers he had, he was 17 to 31, 178 yards, 5.7 average, one touchdown, no interceptions. Right. Three sacks. Exactly. So as long as you take care of the ball, we good, son. That's manageable. Yeah. And if you get him some more time in the pocket, he, I think he shows promise that he can – that he'll at least attempt to get the ball out, right? It, I'll take touch. it if it leads to wins. Mm-hmm. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, I think any quarterback that's throwing like 50% or 50, he's throwing around 54%, um, is manageable, especially if you have a solid run game and you have a really good defense. Like you can you can win games with that quarterback if he can if he can time manage the game. Now, if they put him in situations where he has to produce like a lot of third and longs or something like that, then you might run into some issues with him. Um, especially being in his second year in the league. So yeah, well, he's – um, go ahead. Go ahead, no, go ahead, because I was going to move on to the um, team. He, well, yeah, he, he, uh, he's obviously got a lot. He, he does have a lot to learn. I think he's got uh, amazing confidence. Um, I, he's, a little, he's a little immaturely arrogant for my taste, but I'm trying to translate that into more confidence than anything else. Um, and I think that he knows that he does have a lot that he needs to work on. 
Um, but at this point, I'm trusting Ron Rivera. Um, and I'm trusting that he knows what he's doing and he's going to help this team get through. I'm still going with my seven and nine. I, I still think they go seven and nine this year. Seven and nine. Okay. What, what do you think? The, how do you think the overall team did? And that's the question I posed to both of you guys. Let's start with John. Um, I mean, they won the game. They, it was the best comeback they had since, what was it, 15 against Tampa Bay, the you like yeah. that game with Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Um, I, I thought they did what they were supposed to do. And it was their first win in a very long time, first home opener uh, win in a very long time. I thought they played well. Obviously, the first quarter wasn't good, but again, it's not about how you start, it's how you finish. So they did the job. I thought they did, I thought they did pretty well. Yeah. I agree. I think, like I said, it was just a moment of uh, we got to get these game nerves out of the way because, again, we didn't have preseason. So, you know, this first quarter, maybe a little bit of the second quarter, hopefully not into the third quarter, was all a preseason, like, feeling for them. And then they realized, oh, this game is legit. Let's go ahead and play. Yeah. By the numbers, um, let me let me give you some some facts about the numbers real quick. Um where am I? Dwayne Hackens by the numbers. Uh, passing attempts, one to ten yards, three for ten. Passing attempts, eleven yards to twenty and twenty-one to thirty. He was fourteen of twenty. And mm-hmm. passing attempts plus thirty-one yards. He was zero for one. <laughs> I mean, but again, his mid-range game. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, no. It's not yeah. even check down. Yeah. That's... Check down is like one yeah. to ten. He, I mean, he did. Yeah. He threw seventy percent in passes right. between ten or twelve and like thirty yards. Right. You know, so, so. I mean, that's again. Don't don't throw the deep ball if if you don't have to. You know, ain't no need. We don't need any home runs. Just do what we need to do. Let's 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 get it in the end zone. So I guess my last question I posed to you guys is: I know John said seventy nine. That's that's good for like third or fourth in the NFC East. Doesn't mean make you a playoff team. What do you think? it ends for the Washington football team this year with Haskins at quarterback. I mean, you mean, wait, 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 wait record, ask record, that again. Record, oh, like record. You, you gave me your record already. John. I'm asking Jay now. I mean, I, I would definitely see 500. Um, and I think that will be like a Super Bowl <laughs> feeling victory. You know, because it's it's not expected, but you know, I, I think I think I think five hundred is probably um, definitely. I would say not probably. I think five hundred is definitely in sight. Um, obviously, if you can get that nine and seven, you know, but I think it's going to be eight and eight because he's going to start to, you know, uh, blow some games. So. Well, I mean, okay, I think with the way that the Washington fans have historically looked at seasons, if they beat the Cowboys at least twice, it's a winning season, right? <laughs> so That's they, correct. Beat, they beat the Eagles, which is also another rival. Yep. And if they can pull out, pull out two wins for the Cowboys, then we might have a, and then a glimmer you, of hope. I mean, you might split, you might split the Giants. <laughs> might split the you Giants. Know. You know, we'll but, see what happens. Yeah. All right. Well, um, moving on to more local sports. Washington Capitals have uh, named a new head coach, Peter. I don't want to say his last name wrong. Uh, Peter Laviolette. 
Laviolette. Yep. Is that French? <laughs> Canadian. Canadian. French Canadian. Oh, yeah. That's the same. Right? <laughs> yeah. Montreal. Same. <laughs> like, can yeah. I get the Laviolette? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, John, your thoughts on a new hire? Um, I absolutely love it. I think it is a great, great hire. This is a guy who was, this is, this is kind of weird. So when Barry Trotz left Nashville and was the head coach for um, the Capitals, the new head coach for the Nashville Predators was Peter Laviolette. And Peter Laviolette led the Nashville Predators to their very first ever Stanley Cup final. They didn't win, but he led them to their first Stanley Cup final. He also took the Philadelphia Flyers to the Stanley mm-hmm. Cup final, and then he won a Stanley Cup with the mm-hmm. Carolina Hurricanes. So, so this is the first time that Alex Ovechkin will actually have a head coach of this pedigree, someone that has been to the finals as many times mm-hmm. as Peter has. This is the first time that Ovechkin, who turned 35 today, by the way, happy birthday, Alex Ovechkin. Um, uh, he will have somebody of that caliber leading him and that team. And he's also very, very good at implementing a good defense, which has been our weakest link for like the last six out of the last seven years 2018 was our best defensive year um so i love the hire i think he's going to bring that same edge that barry trotz had um and i think we're going to see uh, a lot of aggressive a lot of aggressive play with some of these new players that are coming in because we have no idea if hopey brayden hopey's coming back this is his final year of his contract and they already said that they're not planning they're, they're planning to put him on the free agency. Mm-hmm. So so we'll see. I, I love the hire, though. John? Me? I said John. J.O., sorry. <laughs> I mean, I agree. I think um, I think it is going to be uh, good for the team because he does have a lot of experience. Um, he definitely, like, like he said, it's tough when you've had the same or had the same coach for so long that you get complacent as well. So like you you kind of go through the motions after a while. So it's it's injecting some new energy and it definitely it definitely should hopefully put the capitals uh back in that that Stanley Cup uh talk. Yeah. And and then we can celebrate, you know, have maybe have a parade again. You know, we'll see. So here's the question I posed to you guys then. You think the coach will bring them back to, I guess, championship caliber or prominence? Or is it yeah. that a yeah. combination of players as well? I, I think I think he is going to help us get farther into the playoffs. I can't yeah. say that he's going to get us two-way Stanley Cup. It depends on how long he stays with the team. Right. But he's definitely going to extend because we, ne- we rarely get past the second round. Yeah, and we barely get past the first round. So I mean, some of it has to do with health as well. So there's still yeah. you don't you look you look good on paper. That don't mean shit. But you know, yeah, he does have a very good rotation. Yeah, so that's you know, the thing I, too, keep, keeping people healthy, and he's good right. at that. He's very good at keeping people healthy. So um, I think he will prolong the seasons, and he's going to train these guys to be able to play longer seasons over a consistent basis because mm-hmm. whenever we play whenever we get to like the second round we get so tired and we can't even get past the first round the following season i mean so. how much time do you really think ovi has left yeah 
I mean, you he's said not going to be Tom Brady. Right? Yeah. yeah, this is hockey. This is a little, a little different. A little different. Well, you know, he signed a three-year deal to coach Washington, so he'll be here for at least three years, and, you know, hopefully he can bring back the winning culture here. Um, I don't know how long coaches, like how long their, um, their tenures usually are in, um, in the sport of hockey, but three years seems like the average among most sports, so three to five years for a coach to, like, put his his stamp on the team so we'll we'll i mean wish them all the best um we hope that the capitals are back into the the, at least the playoff conversation next year for sure yeah um yeah cool so next up nfl hall of fame um you guys have seen it peyton manning leaves uh he leaves the names in uh the first ballot for the uh next year's uh hall of fame Charles Woodson's on that as well. I can name a couple of guys. Uh, and I, I just want to get you guys' take on the, the people who are picked or who, who are slated to be um, in next year's Hall of Fame. You got Steve Atwater, Isaac Bruce, um, Troy Palomalu, just to name a few. Um, Bill Cowher, Jimmy Johnson. Like, Calvin these are Johnson. Like, yeah, these are Terry Hope, yeah. Reggie Wayne. Like, you got some names in there. So Wait, I thought Jimmy Johnson went in last season. Nah, no. he's gone. He was he was at he he was told last season that he was going to be inducted. Oh, and then he snatched it back, right? <laughs> like the chicken salad he just announced he just it. Snatched it back. Now, yeah, they they announced it. They announced it on the air last season that yeah. he's going to be inducted this season. That's crazy. Um, I mean, I think that class is a really strong class, especially like a lot of the first ballot guys that got on there. I mean, with Peyton Manning being the executioner that he was on the football field and being able, he, he revolutionized play calling at the line, like the, the change in the play and audible out of plays and like being able to recognize and read defenses on the spot, you know, and, you know, winning his two uh, Super Bowls was just like, you know, especially coming back after the injury, you know, uh, and going to Denver and winning another Super Bowl, you know, it's, it's I mean, if anybody's more deserving, it, it would be, Peyton Manning, you know, and I think, I think it's a testament to him because they've been trying to get him on the air, like to be a spokesperson or to be like an <laughs> a, a, uh, analyst or anything. And then he just, he just kind of stays into his, his little lane and he does his commercials and gets out the way, you know, but he still very much uh, analyzes the game. He has a show on ESPN and he analyzes the game. He breaks down the game and it shows you how smart that guy really was. Um, Trey, give me your thoughts on, the Hall of Fame uh, ballot this year. Every time we talk about Hall of Fame, I'm going to bring up that they have perpetually snubbed my man Joe Jacoby, who should be who should have been in the Hall of Fame. And you got people that came eras after him that are on the list. I'm a lot of deserving folks, but I just think that that you know for us here in the nation's capital, that is a huge snub for one of the greatest. Didn't, that say, didn't the same thing happen to Art Monk? Didn't the same thing happen to Art Monk? It took a long time. Art Monk mm-hmm. didn't get in until 2008. Yeah. And but, I talked to – I remember, Joe Jacoby, oh this, is, this is 12 years worse than Art Monk. Like, this is No, bad. no, you're right. I, I remember I, um, I used to give drum lessons to Charles Mann's uh, son, and he told me that uh, he was always telling Art, he's like, man, you need to stand up for yourself. He's like, Art would just didn't – would never say anything. He just didn't – he didn't care – 
he didn't care about it. And that's why it took so long. And his name finally came up. He was like, all right. So I wonder if it's the same thing with Joe Jacoby. He's just, eh, whatever. But, but, but Joe what Jacoby is, what being is, an offensive lineman and it being so long, he's going to be forgotten at this point. I, you know I, what I, I agree. I agree. But what, what does saying something do? Like, if, if they don't consider you, what is saying out something? Out of sight, out of mind, I guess. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah. And I, I wonder what the reason is why they haven't picked Joe Jacoby, like, all these years. They hate <laughs> that us. Is. He said us. <laughs> 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 yeah, who knows, uh, man? These sports got haters. Well, I mean, that's a pretty uh, big hateful thing that you know to keep that guy out like that many years. And you know, I mean, that offensive line that goes down in history. The whole offensive line should really be in there as an exhibit for the Hogs, like the whole line. I yeah. do not disagree. You know, they they yeah. and especially in the eighties, they were they were a force to be reckoned with. You know, it's like yeah. you know, they had guys dressing up as pigs in, in dresses. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you think about football, the hogs, that whole concept, that should be in there should be something in that building an exhibit to talk about the hogs. Yeah. So well, I mean I, I I don't think anybody disagrees with you on this on, on this day, but it's just the Hall of Fame are the people who choose and they they put the people on the ballot. They're they're people who get snubbed every year for sure. And I'm sure there's people you know from every uh-huh. team that feel like they should be on the ballot. At least even I think making the ballot is one of, is a, is a thing in itself like the Grammys? Like if you get nominated for a Grammy, it's like oh I got nominated for a Grammy, but to not even get mentioned or like to, to be snubbed every year, that's a that's a snub. Like that's a that's a slight to the team and what the team accomplished as a whole. Yeah, I mean Doug Williams ain't even in there yet, so. Oh, oh. yeah, he's the first first black quarter, quarterback MVP, Super Bowl mm-hmm. MVP. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, that, that's what I'm saying. I wonder what the criteria is to make it into the Hall of Fame, at least make it to the ballot of the Hall of Fame, because... I mean, if Champ Bailey's in there... Criteria is favoritism. Favoritism. Something is terribly wrong <laughs> with that. Something is really wrong if Champ Bailey's in there before Doug Williams. And I Listen. like Champ Bailey, but shit. Yeah, uh, but the, are, they, are they holding up career records basically they hold up career records you know i mean the way i don't know what MVP, the specifics are what did he do before and after you know but if you oh, what, okay I what mean, about jason taylor jason taylor's in there <laughs> i mean yeah what, what was he i don't even think jason taylor was defensive player of the year he was put he? up some pretty impressive numbers though on yeah and he team. never won a super bowl that's true I, listen i'm not arguing with you i'm saying yeah what is the criteria because you know, it's it's not like it's not like like winning a Super Bowl or winning like a championship. Like those things are like you can't deny those things. Like then, they, then when you when you talk about the Hall of Fame, you talking about the greatest players of all time. You're solely looking at their numbers, right? That's like mm. Charles Barkley is one of the 50 greatest players of all time. He never won a chip, but you look at his numbers. His numbers suggest that at the time he played, he was a really dominant player. Yeah, so you I can't deny it's... the fact that he goes in, right? So I feel it's based on the impact you had on the game, which is a combination of numbers, wins, and other miscellaneous. By miscellaneous, I say, like John mentioned, that Doug Williams, first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl and to be the black, I mean, to be the MVP of the Super Bowl. And uh, that's an impact on the game, you know, right there. So, yeah, so all of the things mentioned. 
but overall, just hey, what was your impact on the game? Um, yeah, so, I don't disagree. Doug Williams, I do not disagree with you. I think uh, put Joe Jacoby. We should start a petition to get Joe Jacoby in uh, at least on the ballot. Like, there are enough Washington football team fans here that would sign that ballot. I'm sure, like the true fans mm-hmm. would sign that ballot or that petition. If you don't sign that, you ain't a fan. <laughs> you got a lot of definites today, Trey. Like this is like a lot of de- de- defining statements. Like, if you don't do this, you're not in. You, Dan Snyder doesn't need. He needs to change his name. Get out of here. Like what? What's you okay? I'm, hey, listen. I'm just gonna say okay, like JD. I'm like okay. You, you win. All right. Uh, cool. So all right, we're gonna take our first, first break. When we come back, we're gonna talk NBA. This is sports and things. Yo, yo, this is Michael Robinson with Sports and Things. In case you were wondering how to find us online, uh, you can go to Instagram and Facebook and find us at Sports and Things, S-P-O-R-T-Z underscore A-N-D underscore T-H-I-N-G-Z. That's at Sports and Things on Instagram and Facebook. If you're on Twitter, you can find us there too at I-Z Sports. That's capital I, capital Z. S-P-O-R-T-Z at I-Z Sports. And there you can find the latest updates and just generally connect with the Sports and Things team. So go on over there when you can. Make sure you hit that follow button if you haven't already. And I'll see you there. But for now, back to the episode. Peace. And welcome back to Sports and Things. We're going to get right into this next subject because it's a smoker. Mm. The Clippers. The I don't want to say they choke. But they choked. Chokers? Up 3-1 against the Denver Nuggets. And the Joker Mm. and Marriage brought that team back to life. Now, I'm going to start with Jay Hill. I'm going to ask, what happened? (laughs) And secondly, what's next for the Clippers? Because this is Doc's seventh year as a coach. He hasn't been past the second round. In his seven years as the coach of the Clippers. And I think something's going on with PG and Kawhi. I don't know what it is, but to be outscored by Jamal Murray, by he had 40 points by himself and he had 24 total last game. I don't know if you saw their shooting numbers, but it was it was it was disgraceful. Um so, first, what happened? So uh, first, let me say they didn't bring the, the uh, Nuggets back to life. Um, they are a good team. They've been a good team. Wait, 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 wait. You said Jamal Murray and Jokic brought them back to life. So yeah, because they went that's down. What I'm no, no, no. But again, they've always been a good team. So it's kind of one of those we just got to find our groove. Now, obviously, you can say that they choked because, like you just said, y'all had a 3-1 lead and y'all ran out of steam. Um, I think the thing that really makes it worse is that we know what Kawhi had in Toronto and left. And it's you, you, you start to wonder, like, well, why'd you leave that? You could have – y'all could have maybe repeated or whatever. I mean, even with that – a lucky bounce got them past, uh, you know, Philly. So 
that debt right there was kind of like, if that hadn't happened, who knows how everything would have gone down. So um, he, he has the help uh, with the Clippers, but he doesn't, but they didn't show up as we can see. Um, like none of them. <laughs> I mean, like, no, and, and then you see there's, Nobody, other, bro. there's other, there's other players that already have talked about how Patrick Beverly is just talk. We can see, you know, like it's, I mean, he, he was hurt for some of the, uh, some of the earlier series. So maybe he wasn't in, in, in the groove with the team, but, um, you, you run the, the risk of thinking that the, the new shiny toy is going to be better. So you run to LA and this is what you get. So had he stayed in Toronto, it could have been a whole different animal this season, but of course, the season was paused and everything happened. So who knows? But I think Denver, um, it is one of those, this is why we play the game. Like, yeah, y'all got them like sweeping us. Y'all got them doing this. This is why we play the games. Because it ain't never over until we say it's over. And I mean, they, they, they definitely show that they got some, some serious, some serious, serious heart coming down for 3-1. So Twice, mind you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, too. There's no stranger to this. Oh, we just going to take it to game seven eventually. Don't worry about that. Yo, y'all can have these first three. So what do you think is next for the Clippers? And what's next for the Nuggets? You think, okay, first Clippers, because they, they're done. So what's next for them? And then um, what's next for the Fishing trip. Fish yeah, trip. that's the first. First thing <laughs> is they, they all book in their villas over the water, uh, okay. you know. Um, barring hurricane season, um, but or Corona, uh, nigga. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, but you by yourself in this villa, yeah. you know what I mean? So, um, I think that there's no real movement that's gonna happen with the Clippers. I think it's more so just looking in the mirror and trying to see if you can do what you're supposed to do when it's time to do it, i.e., playoff time close out games, whatever. So I think that's more so what it boils down to with, with the Clippers. Like, are we the team that we are during the regular season? We are who we thought they are. You know what I mean? So you got that attitude, I think, with, with the Clippers. Doc, I think Doc is going to be on ice soon. I think he, I think it's going to be some changes really talked about because he has a track record of these kind of losses. Um, but he also has a ring. He does. He got. He got it. He got Not it. Not with the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, he got it in Boston. He has a ring. Though, you know? He has. Yeah. He has. But what has he done? But what has he done with this current team? He's like, yeah. What have you I done? Mean, with that's, me? Yeah, that's really what yeah. it is. Um, Gone to the playoffs, but that's it. I mean, with Denver, I just think, um, just like we said with the last series, I thought they was out of gas. Like they were not, not because of the way they look, but because we know what all they had to do to win the last series. It's like, yo, this, they I'd like to add that right. it was me that said nuggets in seven. Thank you very much. I mean, you know, spicy nuggets do what they do sometimes. <laughs> sometimes they get cold, but yeah, Murray is, is, is a legit baller. So they always going to be have, having a shot with him and then you got there's no matchup for joker because he is a six six eleven point guard he's a better Embiid. very yeah. saying he's a better Embiid is like saying Embiid can do half a the big stuff man i mean a big do. man with 
a big a big man, not Anthony Davis big, but like Embiid big with um with versatility and, and athleticism. That's what I mean. Like Anthony Davis is yeah, a, so a powerful. These are like centers. No, I would because these are centers that are trying to do, you know, this point guard yeah, but, job. But well, one is trying to do and the other one is actually doing it. Well, that's because they don't run the offense through Embiid in, in Philly. So that's a whole different animal in itself. Yeah. Okay. All they do is just trust the process. Right. Wow. No, no, no. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not going to even slip that shit in there. It's like it's, like it's yeah. cool. The process is overdone at this point. It's like overprocessed milk or some shit. It's like super pasteurized. It's like, it's like cheese. <laughs> it's fucking Man. disgusting. Hey. All right. Here's, here's my take. Do you like Embiid? Damn. Me? No. Right, <laughs> He's over right. it. He's over it. Uh, well, I, I'll, I'll get to what's next for um, the Nuggets when we get into the next uh, segment, Jake. But I'll, I'll comment on the Clippers and on uh, the Nuggets a bit. The Clippers, I, I think I would agree. I think we will just have to wait and see what happens. They both signed, signed uh, PG and Kawhi signed multi, multi-year deals, so they're not going anywhere right. anytime soon. So you have to find the other pieces to, to build around them. Uh, Beverly is all talk. I agree with that. Like, he talks a lot, and he fouls a lot. So it's like, you know, you take that. Um, Lou Williams just didn't show up. He just didn't – Lou Williams, he just didn't show up. Like, he didn't put up numbers. He was. He went to he go was, get some wings. <laughs> he was the uh, the spark they wanted to come wings. off the bench, and he didn't come off the bench and produce the way he did. Um, and they were playing small ball with, like you said, a guy in uh, Djokovic who can handle the ball from the top of the key and facilitate. So when you got that, I mean, he they showed one pass that he did yesterday. We threw it behind his back, like he just kind of like and it was yeah. an accurate pass, like right. and it got, it goes to show for like the the dexterity or you know more so like the universal play of european players like he he can shoot he can shoot the ball he can post you up he can pass the ball he can dribble and that's why i take a little bit of offense saying he's like an Embiid a little bit because while Embiid can dribble and he can shoot the three he's not a facilitator bro like he's you know he, no, he can't he's, he's not, not that guy you know? but he said he said his his idol's kobe it's not like like his. I mean, you're serious. I just shoot. I'm gonna I'm gonna come down. I'm gonna shoot. Like, yeah, that's, I I mean, you got to make it, of course. But yeah. that's your, your mentality. But your mentality is to shoot when you off. Shoot till you on. And to that's not it. cry about everything because Kobe didn't cry and, and B's a crybaby to me. Like I think he's a big mm. big crybaby. I think Dennis really likes Joel Embiid. I don't like anything coming out of Philly. <laughs> I'm good. Wowzers. Well, well, I can agree on that. I guess we you just lost your, that market. You can keep your cheesesteaks, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, let's, oh, let's, sponsorship. Well, here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> to our Philly listeners. Right. I know, right? No, no, not Philly, the people, just the team. Just the team. <laughs> I'm I'm a I'm a Washingtonian man. Like the Eagles, I can't get with you. I can't get with the 76. It's just it's just I can't do it. Like my heart of hearts, even if you guys are winning, I can't. And like, I, you know, I got family in Philly. No disrespect to Philly. Anyway, my point being, I think that being down three one, they can't like for sure the Nuggets can't go down three one against the Lakers. There's no way in the world they're gonna <laughs> and and pull that out. Like maybe pull that nugget out and be like, oh yeah. We gonna we, this game. This is going to seven. No, we it's just going to, to five. We just want to spot you, LeBron. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to five, and it's it's going to be over, and we're going to have a champion in LA. 
So we'll see what happens. Um, I think the Clippers have a lot of soul searching to do, and they need to. They need to. Kawhi needs to take over. Like if he, if he's going to be considered to be the best player or one of the best top three in the league, he has to take over games, and has to the ball has to run through him. And that didn't really show, especially the last game. They kind of looked the the funk. They looked like they just kind of gave up towards like the, the end of the third quarter yesterday. So well, see, have- the, the other problem is Paul George is not really used to being a second man. He's a superstar, quote unquote, in his own right. Even though he disappeared in the playoffs, he still is a, historically. A star. He's okay. historically disappeared but in again, playoffs. But again, that doesn't make him a second man. That just makes him a first man that disappears in the playoffs. So like that, James Harden, right? <laughs> so I mean, I'm a number one. So it's hard for me to really get used to this number two role with Kawhi, who's not vocal at all who literally what, just wait, wait. grabs his lunch pail and goes to work. But why? If, you get, if you're getting your shots, if you're getting your shots, you're getting your looks. I'm making myself get my shots. It's not, flow, it's not naturally flowing. That's why the Clippers got stagnant. It's not naturally. Like, it's not naturally happening. If it's, if it's through coaching or if it's through on the floor, like, actual game plan, it's not naturally happening. So you have Paul trying to, trying to make a one-on-one move. You have uh, Kawhi who trying to make a one-on-one move and successful. That's the difference. You so know what I mean? When he shot that, that three-pointer to hit the backboard, that's like him not getting That's him forcing shit. Yeah, that's him just like, okay. I'm over here. I'm going to shoot this. Nah, man, we got to swing it and then give you a better look. We gonna, we'll let you shoot that in the corner, but don't just... Oh, well, they swung come it. Come on, man. It was swung. <laughs> it was swung, then it was swung. Uh, <laughs> uh, All right, let's, let's move on to the next subject at hand, which kind of leads into what the Nuggets are going to do. Predictions for the Western Conference Finals and the Eastern Conference Finals. I will take Trey on your predictions first. Uh, both sides? Um, so, 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 uh, the, uh, I'm going to go real safe on the East and say the Heat are going to, you know, be able to take care of the Celtics. I don't think it's going to be a sweep, but, um, (laughs) it's not looking as competitive as I thought it was going to be. Um, and then in in the West, uh, the Lakers, I mean, the Nuggets will be exciting to watch playing against the, you know, LeBron and, and then the you know that team, but um, you know I I don't know if anybody has anything they can do with AD. Um, AD is kind of the X factor uh, for for matchups and stuff like that. So um, and then you got LeBron facilitating to get him getting him the ball, and you oh yeah you still got to worry about LeBron at the same time. So um, AD is going to get good looks and, and good you know get the ball in good position. So. Um, you know, Lakers heat. Okay. John. Yeah, I agree. I love the heat. I, I just love what they're doing right now. Eric Spolstra is a, is a beast. Um, the heat are loaded defensively and they're using it. Um, that comeback, uh, in game two, uh, was, was, was amazing. Wasn't it like a, what was a, what was the run? Like maybe down like 17, weren't it? Yeah. Um, and I think Jay Hill even commented before we started that, you know, Jimmy Butler, who's supposed to be the quote unquote superstar, had less than 15 points in the game. Um, so you can definitely tell that they're spreading the ball around and everybody on that team can play. 
everyone on that team can shoot. Everyone on that team can defend. Um, so, yeah, I got the heat, and I'm still sticking with the Lakers. I say the Lakers in six. Uh, I think the – again, I think the Lakers will lose game one because the Nuggets will, uh, I guess, sort of throw a little wrench, and LeBron will, will just figure them out, and then they'll just take over the series in, in six. But um, the Heat-Celtics – I still think we'll go seven games. I think the Celtics will make a comeback, but the Heat are going to win. So it'll be Heat Lakers. Ah, that's a that's a curveball. Okay, uh, Jay Hill. Um, so I'm gonna start in the West. I think uh, I actually think the Lakers sweep the Nuggets. Um, I think they now will be able to use the roster better because they'll be able to put their big men in the game like JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard, because now they don't have the real matchup nightmares as they did before. They, they still might not do it. It might have Anthony Davis on um, Jokers, but I doubt it. I, doubt, I, think, I don't think they want him, you know, having to deal with that on the, on the defensive end. So I feel like you're going to be able to have more big men lineups. And I don't think the Nuggets are going to be able to really, um, really get it going against uh, the Lakers defense. So I think I think the Lakers don't lose from now on. Like as far as this series, I think they I think they sweep this one for nothing. Um mm-hmm. now the East is a bit different because the Heat are winning these games, but they're barely winning these games. So it's more so the Celtics not being able to sustain or not being able to withstand their runs which makes me think the Celtics still could pull this out because these are like close wins. Um, so I still think the Celtics win it, even though their inexperience is showing right now by blowing these, these big leads. But I think they get it together, and I don't think the Heat fall apart, but I don't think they keep like running this well. Mm. So I'm still going with Lakers versus Celtics in the finals. Wow. Okay. And then, and then with that, again, the Lakers are just going to keep going. So it's going to be like eight straight for, <laughs> for, for the Lakers basically. All right. So I'll, I'll put a little caveat on this thing. And, and so I think the Lakers win in five, I'll give the Nuggets one game because the Lakers had a couple of days off and then, you know, I think they won't take it. I think they will come out with the, the idea to take it seriously, but I, I, it's like watching the first three rounds of a boxing match. Like you, you figure the people out and then you just attack. So I think they, I, I, I will agree with Jay. I will say that you can put your bigs back in. So you put the white, you put your DeVille on Djokovic and you don't have to work and you put uh, 80 at four. And then you have a, you have a whole host of problems. Now they all throw all kinds of shots. Yeah, it's like you you can't and you can't help but foul that guy. You put the guy. He's going to. I think this is going to be the series that that kind of like AD really shines in because he once you put him at four, is nothing you really can do with him and Dwight or Javale in the game as well. Like you just have two bigs down there and one of them can maneuver through the defense and then you still got to worry about LeBron. So that's going to be a problem for Denver. As a matter of fact. Sweet four games. I'm not even going. I'm not even going. I'm not even myself. Four games. Sweet. Um, you get to the east, <laughs> it gets a little bit more complicated because 
while the Heat are winning games and they are winning close games, they are shutting down when it counts. They are shutting down the Celtics when it counts. And that's in the latter part of the games. So if you can do that two more times, we don't, we're not having a conversation anymore. It's over with. Two more games, you do that twice. I don't care if you win by two, you win by one at the last minute. If you can shut them down and you can go on your runs, we're not talking about the Celtics anymore. We're talking about the Heat versus the Lakers. And I think we kind of know how that might play out. I think I would want to see the Heat, the Lakers versus the Celtics. But the reality of the situation is we talk about Eric Sprocher putting it like coaching his team, but Pat Rowley, as I said numerous times before, these defensive juggernaut teams, they can't, they don't have an answer for him. Like he, he, these teams are well put together. Everybody can shoot, everybody can defend. So I would say the Heat and five. And we'll see how that plays out. Wow. Uh, Lakers versus Heat. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. We have the all-NBA teams in the first ballots. Uh, I mean, I think it was a no-brainer. We know Giannis, LeBron, James Harden, Anthony Davis, and Luka Donix were going to get picked for the first team. I think the most surprising for all of us was that Bradley Bill got snubbed. Like, uh, Again. And uh, he wasn't the only person to get snubbed. So Trey Young got snubbed as well. So we don't have to spend a lot of time on the first and the second teams. We should talk about why we feel like Bradley Bill and Trey Young got snubbed. And I will start with Trey. Well, so personally, I I do feel like Trey Young got snubbed for sure. Bradley Bill – how do I want to say that his performance definitely warranted it, but I, I feel like in professional sports with those um, end of season awards, it typically, you know, whether it's all the way up from MVP down to, um, you know, the first team, second team, whatever um, it has to do. Um, well, it is impacted by team performance and team relevance. And I, I think that Bill got overlooked because of the state that the Wizards were in this season. Um, I, I think that's what's happening, what happened. Um, so it, to me, is like kind of like not a surprise uh, because he's a two guard and there's a lot of good two guards that were like in the playoffs, that were in competition, that were on prime time a lot more than Bill. So, I mean, you know. That's who people are looking at. I think Bill was was uh, hit with kind of like the out of sight, out of mind thing. But, you know, the You're same question little... that uh, Dennis asked about the Hall of Fame can be asked about this: like, what's the what are the what is what's the protocol of being selected? You know, well, like, I mean, what's his, funny? His, this is, it, real quick before you. Start. It looks like even from the first to the third team, it looks like all the players that were picked were uh, playoff contending on playoff contending teams, which is more to Trey's thought. Like all the players that were picked from, from first team to third team were on bona fide playoff teams. Uh, go ahead, Jay. I didn't mean to cut you off. My bad. So, but the thing is, with your with let's just start with your out of sight, out of mind statement. You're not going to be out of sight if you in the top five and scoring in the league. That's just, 
I mean, I don't, I don't even understand how you can overlook that. Well, we got number one, two, five. Like, hold the fuck up. Like, this dude is balling <laughs> his ass off. Like, now, whether y'all seeing the team aspect of it, completely different thing. Um, but, again, this doesn't warrant him being first team, maybe not second team. But come on, man. You should make at least third team. You were yeah. fucking in the top three of scoring. I mean, you had players at one point, like – pissed that he didn't make all-star like you you have other players that know he's an all-star caliber player to get snubbed i mean yeah now we can get back to the market and all that 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 bs but even with that one let's continue on we got invited now of course we didn't show up to the playoff portion of it but we got invited because we were still in the mix quote unquote so i mean as far as like just the the fairness of it there is none like it is it, like you say you're not gonna please everybody there's just not enough spots i think he really did deserve it trey yeah, young man. i mean trey young we, we he was he was kind of dealing with this last season as well so actually both of them to be honest with you both of them were dealing with the same thing so obviously you can look like well maybe if he goes somewhere else he can get all his accolades he don't want to do that He's not, I mean, yeah, it, it, it motivates more than hurts, I think, but I don't know the man personally, but you know, it's like, all right, it's cool. But then when we do start doing what we're supposed to be doing, don't come then. Don't fuck with us right. then. Right. Um, but I do want to say just on the first team, I'm like thoroughly fucking impressed at how this dude, LeBron is now number one in all time NBA <laughs> first team <laughs> selections. At this fucking age, it's pretty impressive. This fucking time, like this is really ridiculous, man. Like for you to be playing at that level, like they didn't just throw it to you and put you on a third team just because your team is relevant. You know what I mean? Well, like we got to give him something. Nah, nah. He earned it. I'm going to get this. I'm going to take this. Sorry, not get this. I'm going to take this. And I mean, he's like, he's killing it. Like that's just ridiculous, man. He's 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 definitely in the conversation. Like I think after the uh, the Clippers went down the way they went down, the conversation about who's the best player in the league shifted right back to LeBron based on the numbers that he put up and what he was able to do with that Lakers franchise and taking them to the playoffs the first time since 2010, I believe. Um, Last question I ask you before we go to break again. So we all agree that Bill got snubbed, and Ben Simmons made the third. That's the one. That's the one, right? So that's it. That's the one. So, 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 so I was going to ask: Do you do you think it's fair that Ben Simmons is on the third team and Bradley Bill isn't on any team? No, that's no. That's the slot. That's the that's slot. It. Right. That's it. That's look, so right. So so there's three teams, right? First, second, third, which gives you six guards. Five right. of the guards I would have probably picked over Bill, but Ben Simmons, absolutely not. I mean, the guards are Luca. <laughs> And Harden, right? Yeah. And you got Chris Paul and Lillard. Yeah. You got Westbrook. Yeah. Okay, those are the five. And then ben but Simmons. number six is Ben Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> well, and no. once again, once again, our numbers, numbers will drop in Philly. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Based on the numbers, I'll give you a run out of the numbers. Ben Simmons this season, before injury, he was 16.4 points. Uh, 7.8 rebounds and eight assists. Bradley Bill, uh, just by comparison, 30.5 points, 4.2 <laughs> rebounds, 6.1 assists. Um, 
So come I mean, on. yeah, it's come on. I mean, and did Ben Simmons was he really that effective? I mean, was he really that effective? Was Philly really like we? The argument they had about Philly all year was Gee, we can go, we can go both and, of those. And Smiller, I said Smiller. Simmons play together, and are they going to keep that team together based on the play that both of those guys put up? Only and, because they both got, only because they both locked in mm-hmm. contractually, yes. But otherwise, for sure, yeah, for it sure. doesn't. I think sense. if they could blow that team up, they would blow that team up for sure. Um, yeah. So we're all in agreement that Bill should be in a slot that Simmons is in on thirteen. Yeah, just or if, you put Trey, if you put Trey Young there, then I don't mm-hmm. consider it a Bill snub either, though, because Trey Young was balling too. So. I mean, one of those two guys should have been in that slot. But the only thing, like, the only reason he got an all-star nod wasn't that last year was because somebody got hurt. Like, remember, like, he, he's yeah, not he that. Yeah, he got snubbed he, on he, the all-star. But somebody went down, and it was like, all right, he made the all-star. Because I got to get that jersey. He was not selected. I got to get that Bill all-star jersey. Yeah, okay. And if we do a comparison of numbers again. Trey Young's average for the 2019-2020 season 29.6 points. Here we go. 4.3 yeah. rebounds, 9.3 assists per game. He got three more assists than Bill and one point less. So, I mean, but he is a point guard, so he's a little more facilitator. But Bill was a point shooting guard. Like, that's what he was for the whole season for the Wizards because there was no real point guard, no true point guard. Come right. on, man. Well, I think the argument isn't whether or not. If Smith would like to have a word with you. <laughs> it's about he, he should either you can put you can plug either one of those players in and we think they'll be they would have they they showed a record that was more yeah either those guys over Ben Simmons right, but I think bro. it's the team dude it's the TV like so isn't this selected by the media the all yeah. Team? yeah 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 it, and it's the TV effect though if you look at those guys who was on TV who was on TNT and ESPN all year long Philly. it wasn't Bill yeah it was Philly. They tried. They tried to force Philly, but that's also the the process of them trying to force Philly on us. Like, yo, this team is great because you know you know what they did last year against Toronto and all this stuff. They're great. Y'all need to check this. Yo, they're not doing anything this year. What are you talking about? Well, I I think we we can we can put a button on that. We all agree that either Trey Young or Bradley Bill should have had that third. Ben Simmons shouldn't have been on it. Nah, Joe. No slight. No slight to Ben Simmons, but he he didn't earn that. Nah, Joe. Nah, Joe. All right, well, Jay's going to get a cheese, chicken cheesesteak from somewhere. We're, we're, we're going to come back <laughs> after this break, and we're going to talk some more sports and things. Hey, this is Trey Ely. Do you have a hot take or a topic you'd like for us to debate? Just hit us up on Instagram or Twitter. Now back to this week's episode. And welcome back to Sports and Things. Uh, we're going to hop right back into this next subject. Uh Naomi Osaka wins the U.S. Open, and she did it uh, decidedly so with a bit of controversy um, wearing the names of some people who have passed away who were murdered. Say their names. Police brutality act. <laughs> and she caught a bit of slack. Dark for it. Um, did it happen again? <laughs> oh, yeah. Jesus. I didn't Dark even cars. say anything. All right. All right. Uh, that's how they get you. He's like, <laughs> right. I don't even have a car. For you don't have shit. to do shit, and they still call you up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna do it over. Do it over. Oh, okay. Are you good? You good? Oh, it's, it's good now. You good? Yeah, you good. All right. All right. So, 
uh, who was talking about that? Me, me and John were supposed to get into a debate about that. I, mm-hmm. You know what? I don't want to get into a debate about it. I had a debate about it earlier, and I realized I'm an Osaka hater. <laughs> because... But just because that's funny because not, I was actually going to say that. Stole <laughs> <laughs> my material. Really, I realize I'm an Osaka hater because she's just not Serena, and she's not doing what Serena did at that age. And but what she's done is pretty impressive as well. She's won three Grand Slams since the year 2015. I, I here's the thing about here's the thing about Dennis. Though. I've I've learned this over the years is that if you are not extremely, like, extremely athletically diverse. You suck. <laughs> case in point. Case in point. Damn. Patrick Mahomes, very athletic. He's a champion. LeBron James, very athletic. He's a champion. Yep. Eli Manning, not athletic. Two-time not champion. Ch- and he sucks. <laughs> he's he's, he's and Dennis terrible. thinks he sucks. <laughs> I don't think he sucks. His record says he sucks. <laughs> oh, come on, man. I mean, two times Super Bowl MVP, man. I, you know what? I'll give you, I'll give you that. I, I think that the reason why I always had a disdain for people who don't have impressive records, like she's 62% in her win totals as a, as a pro. And I'm like, as a tennis pro, that's mediocre, like to win 62% of your games. Like, that's that's a little bit over half and you're playing throughout the year. So it's like, you're going, but here's my argument with that though, is that I, I think within the last four to five years, women's tennis has been extremely more competitive than men's tennis. Oh, for sure. For sure. I'll give you that. And so I think what Osaka has, what she's accomplished as far as the competition, I think, should definitely be commended. No, she's not on Serena's level, but how many women are on Serena's level? That's true. I mean, her, her sister's not even on her level. So, um, her sister's 75 years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Well, she might. Um, when she hit the racket, dust come out the racket. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Oh, Lord. She's, she's still Ooh, using Lord. the rackets that Lacoste used. We, we, um, we love Venus, man. Wooden rackets. You know what? No, it, but it, she, I think, I just think that, especially at her age, um, even Coco Golf, like at their age, what they're able to accomplish against that competition, I think, just needs to be commended. Uh, you know, and here, here's here's another footnote that I, I will agree with you on that because in the last three years, um, Naomi's record has been more impressive than her first three years as a pro. Um, 2018, she went 14 and three. 2019, she went 12 and three. And this year, she went nine and one. And she's ranked number three in the world especially after um, winning the U.S. Open. And, you know, she's a, she's a good player. I won't, I won't take that from her. And I think her using her platform to raise social awareness, the way that she's doing it is groundbreaking in the sport of tennis. Groundbreaking, it's, very. It, it's to be commended. And I will, I will take away my Naomi Osaka hate <laughs> because she's not – it's not even hate for her. It's just that she's not Serena. And I wanted Serena to get that 24th um, win, the Grand Slam, the title record, and to hopefully surpass it by next year. Because we all know that Serena, she's 39 years old. She don't have yeah. that many more years left to play pro tennis before she has – I just think I just think Naomi is going to grow to be one of the most talked about uh, tennis players, not just female, but tennis players, just like Serena is. Um, I don't know that she'll match Serena, but 
she's definitely going to be the most talked about. And uh, I think I just heard she just dropped out of the French Open, so I don't think she's going to be doing that. Yeah, but. she she she's she's um she said uh, like a uh, she had like an injury, like a yeah. ache or something. So yeah. you know, with that being, I mean, because she's been in for seven years now, I I think I agree she won't have the the same type of career. But I think in the way that people are using their platforms and and the way she's using her platform, it will be one of the most talked about. I just hope that it's not so about what she's doing off court, also about what she's able to do on the court. Because without without the play on the court, people don't care what you're doing off the court at the end of the day. So yeah. congratulations to Naomi Osaka winning the US Open. Hope you have a speedy recovery. And with that, we will move on to the entertainment portion of this show. And we will start off with what the fuck is going on with Kanye West? <laughs> I don't know if you got, I, I saw it. I know we went in the chat group. Uh, he built a wall around his house. Yeah. And then he uh, he pissed on his Grammy. <laughs> so. And video recorded it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and said it was like uh, white supremacy that is running the Grammys. And he has a lot of stuff going on. Um, I know a lot of people have reached out to him. His wife is, I guess their marriage is estranged right now because of all the stuff that's happening between them two and the stuff that he said about her family. Um, so I'm just going to ask what y'all think is going on with the brother. Um, we start with Jay Hill. Yo, is it weird that I don't even want to get this dude any press? Like, oh, it's not weird at all. Like, like I mean, not I'm, weird at I'm all. just like you could have said that in the pre-production meeting, but no. I could have, I could have, I could have. You're absolutely right. Because uh, you threw me the lie. I'm gonna throw it down though. Um, I think he is either trying to be a um, brand ambassador for something major that not say we don't know about, but just something that you just didn't see coming. Like he's gonna eventually get into some sort of this is a good medicine for antidepressants or for for you know for bipolar disease i should know i have it you know what i mean like he going i feel like he's he's about oh, to, try think to he flip. Something. i think he <laughs> I, I think he's selling some sort of weird dream i think cuz he's always selling hype you know like slavery is a choice now that's his he went back to that in in his tweet storm recently where he called out jay-z and and everybody um, but I think he's just the ultimate, he's, I, I can't, I can't disrespect him and say he's the black Donald Trump, but he's a showman. You know what I mean? He's, he's a showman. He is. I agree a, with you, Jay. He, he is a, I don't, see, he's not the circus clown. He's a, he's the ringleader. Like, that's the thing. He's a, he's the ringmaster. So he's like, yo, see what I got in this tent. See what I got in this tent. But you know what I got in this tent? I got a Grammy that I don't even give a fuck about. Fuck these Grammys. You watch this, y'all. And then for you, like Trey said, for you to record it is just like a whole nother level of, were you really trying to get likes? Like, what are you doing this for? Like, if we didn't have this technology, you could only what? Call the paper? Hey, guess what I just did? Y'all can print this. I peed on my Grammy. Yeah, print that. But no, I'd rather show y'all. Because that's what we want to see. Really? Come on, well, man. you know, he did get banned from Twitter for 12 hours, and Rick Fox was the one that tweeted about him getting banned from Twitter for uh, calling <laughs> That's so weird. He called, Why? He called, he called, wait, wait, he called the editor of the Forbes a racist, 
and then he put his phone number, his personal phone number, up on Twitter. So they so, from so why so why is Rick Fox reporting this? That's that's what's weird. Like why I don't Rick give a fuck Fox? about any of that. I don't give a fuck about any of that. But why is Rick Fox the one? Like, let's see what Ja Rule has to think. What does Ja Rule think? <laughs> well, well, I like Dave was, Chappelle. That was the funniest. Let's thing find out what Ja Rule think. <laughs> That was the funny thing about it happening. Rick Fox put up a tweet, and then people said, I don't know what's funny, the fact that he got kicked off of Twitter or the fact that Rick Fox is his spokesperson now. <laughs> like, none yeah. of this makes sense. like, where did Rick come from? Where was he at? He was at the house that was bored of like, the, the, the wall house. I'm, tra- yeah. I'm actually trapped in a house. I was visiting. I didn't know this wall was going up. Now I'm stuck here. <laughs> and he took my phone, so I'm trying I came to outside him. to get in my car, and I was like, yo, I can get off this wall, man. Like, hey, look, it reminds me of that. Everything happens in my house. Let's get Trey's thoughts, Trey. So uh, I'm like Jay. I thought about it earlier today. Like, I don't want to get this guy any airplay. I didn't want to talk about it. Um, so I was all prepared to talk about how you know, I feel bad for the dude because I feel there's legit mental issues and this shouldn't be a laughing matter. Like, this is really a problem. And then Jay Hill said something that, like, you know, kind of, like, sparked something off in my mind. Every time he goes and does something crazy, no matter how crazy it is, whether it's going on a rant at the White House and then standing on tables at the Apple Store when he comes to D.C., or whether it's saying slavery was a choice or whether it's saying he going to run for president or whatever crazy he does, it's usually right before an album's dropping he for dropped. him or one of his label people. So it's a lot. He's real calculated to be crazy, right? You know, it's, it's real planned that I always have an attack, right? When something's about to come out, that's going to need people's attention to make me money. So, I mean, uh, the conspiracy theory theorist in me wants to say, you know, maybe the dude ain't even crazy at all. Maybe he uses this crazy thing because he knows in this social media age, the most controversial, wildest thing is going to get the most attention. And now that I have all the eyes on me, by the way, here's my new album. But who are you to question his mental state, Trey? That's not your place. That's not fair. Who, whose voice is that? Yeah, that's the public. You know who that is. That's the people. Oh, that's the people. That's, I, that's I knew the people sounded familiar. I knew right. they sounded That's how they sound. Yeah, it was them. Got it, got it. Uh, yeah, but... Go ahead, Trey. Like, maybe he ain't even crazy, man. Maybe he's just using crazy. He's strategic. Yeah, using crazy to, uh, you know, make money. In the words of George Bush, strategery. Strategery. That's... You know? That's that's kind of creepy. I mean, that's, I think that's uh, to use that type of it's I maniacal buildup. It's maniacal, like so you get ready to say. But why is he dropping something every time he after right after he has a fit? I just dropped my track listing, but dude, I don't want to drop it might album. not even be what he dropped. The um today was the tonight was the um the 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 season uh, premiere of the final season or or whatever the Kardashian show came started tonight. And now you That's got people watch, but see, now you got people watching to see just to see if, if he's going to be on it at all. Right. So we maybe that's why he went crazy just this time. See. I wonder if Kanye is going to be on this episode. I wonder, yeah. even though we know up and down, it's convenient. Do that. Yeah, okay. it's convenient, bro. It's convenient. 
He might have done all that just to get people to tune into that show tonight. It's a fair point. We, I mean, did anybody watch? I, so I don't know. Of course, I didn't even know the show was still on. Right, uh, John. Your thoughts, man. Uh, I'm not gonna ever downplay uh, mental illnesses. Um, I'm never, I'm never gonna say that someone's too crazy to have a mental illness. Uh, I do think he's doing it for attention, and I think the moment that attention is not drawn to him and someone else is getting it that he feels shouldn't get it, he will try to turn it around so that all eyes are on him again. Um, but I do think that he is going. He's been going through this this depression since his mom died. We've we've seen his his sort of erratic behavior uh, since his mom died with what he did with Taylor Swift. Um, this whole thing with the uh, comments on slavery, his support of Donald Trump. Um, he's just taking it to a whole new level. Uh, and, you know, I, I never thought I would say this, but I do feel bad for Kim um, because she's, she's a victim in this right now. And all she's trying to do is she's trying to be a supportive wife. Now, to what Trey said, the fact that she is treating this and she's being very calm about it does does raise the question, you know, is she doing this for as a publicity stunt? But how is she supposed to be? Like, if you're not, I mean, if you're not calm, like, I can't. You don't have to be you you don't you don't have to you don't have to react in in a way that people think that you want people to think that you're worried. But uh, I think she did the right thing in sending out that note and letting people know that, you know, we're trying to deal with what he's going through. Um, But I know a lot of times when mental illness is is an issue, people stay quiet and they just don't say anything and they keep it private. They don't even draw attention. They don't even draw attention to the fact that it is a mental illness. They just say, we're keeping this in our home. We're keeping this yeah. private. They don't need to know what's going on with him. And they don't because need to know what's going you on don't. with us. Technically, you don't. Right. But like, you don't when you got it. somebody who has access to the world as as much as Kanye has access to the world, it's kind of hard to keep that keep that guy in the wraps, you know? Like, you know, he's still going to get presidential votes. People going to write his ass in just to not vote for whoever else is on the ticket. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, like, he may not yeah. be on the ballot writing your own candidate. Like, you got right. people that's going to do that. Sure. Yeah. No. I, so I, I don't. I don't know. I. I. I do think he's. He's going through some. Some. Some stuff that needs very extreme medication, uh, and I hope he gets the help, not just for his sake, but for the sake of his his kids, and his family. Yeah. Sure. Like I mean, cause we, I we, we do have to factor in that there, there are other parties that are affected, not yeah. like us. We don't know that right. dude, but like he has kids, he has other family members that are affected by. His yeah. antics, and if he needs help, we need to help. Hope that he gets the help that he needs because sometimes, like they always say, like when you see somebody do like antics like this, is to cry out for help. And right. if they're not getting the help that he needs, we've seen too many times before that it ends in tragedy. A lot of times, and you know, you don't want to have the story be the what if if somebody would have stepped in and interceded and yeah. try to help the brother Stop. out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah, like you know, the Rick James skit, man. Like, man, he needs some help. We just helped him. We just helped him, man. We gave him some help. <laughs> we gave him some help. I will say, though, his antics are always really entertaining at an opportune time. They really are. It's very entertaining. <laughs> really are. 
So, you know, because um, I peed, because I peed on my Grammy now, they put me on the Grammy board. If, I'm gonna start voting on some of these artists. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. If, if, I mean, if a person is really sick and has a mental illness, they're gonna be sick at whenever they are. But Kanye, every time, it's a something about to be released. Fair point. And you know, it's True. funny. I was I was talking to, I was talking to Fred earlier, and I, I sent him the video of Kanye doing the antic of urinating on his Grammy, and he was like, "I'm a I'm gonna take one of the Grammys in my house and do that." I was like, "But but your name ain't on it." Like you, yeah, you, you're peeing you on Carlos Grant. <laughs> you, won't, you won't be in the house anymore. He was like, I'm going to see how long it's going to keep me in the doghouse. I was like, you live in the doghouse, nigga. <laughs> like, you won't be in the doghouse for you being there indefinitely. Like, your name ain't on it. <laughs> like, so, at least he's peeing on his own Grammys. Like, I, I don't, I don't. <laughs> at least he's peeing on his own Grammys. <laughs> what? That's the what? title of this episode. <laughs> yeah. Please title that up. Please title this episode. <laughs> I will keep it on me. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. No. <laughs> so we hope that we hope that our brother's cool. We we pray for his family and you know the strength of you know his family to pull through whatever they're going through with him and for him as well. You know we you know mental yeah, illness is man. a real thing and we, there's is. no laughing matter. You know if Not you need help, you should get help. Um, yeah. And moving on to the next subject, uh, Instagram and Facebook announced um, this past week that they were going to cease live streaming for live music on October 1st. And I will read you guys a statement just to get your thoughts on what it says. It says, in a full statement regarding music events, you may not use videos on our products to create music listening experiences. We want you to be able to enjoy the videos posted by family and friends. However, if you use videos on our product to create music listening experiences for yourselves or for others, your videos will be blocked in your page and your profile will maybe be deleted. This includes live. God, they basically, we all know what the pandemic and what the coronavirus has done for our industry. Like it's, it's put a stop on everything you can do in terms of like being able to perform live and for musicians and artists who make their, make about at least half or 70% of their living touring, doing live streams was a way to supplement that income. Now they're saying that they don't want us essentially to do that on their platforms and they will delete accounts or block them if you do so. So I just want to get an overall consensus about which, how you guys feel about that. I, I know for sure that YouTube isn't doing that, Twitch isn't doing it, Zoom also isn't doing it, but these platforms, uh, with the exception of YouTube and probably Twitch, um, I know Zoom is, is not one of the platforms that are the strongest in terms of like live yeah. instrumentation. Um, but just your thoughts on why Facebook and Instagram have taken that stance. And we can start with Trey. All right. So um, the perspective that I look at this from is royalties, performance rights and royalties. Um, and um, Facebook is making a business decision. As musicians, we have um, kind of uh, a biased perspective on this because we know we have a lot of our constituency our our customer base is on these platforms and we want to reach them through them and they want to be reached through them so you know we feel some kind of way but if you take a step back and look at it from a business perspective facebook is making a business decision to not uh engage in you know handling of music royalty payments if you 
contrast it with you named a couple other things. Zoom is a private service. You know, even if you like if you have a Zoom, it's a private meeting. So it's not a public meeting. So I, I, I won't I wouldn't compare them. Um, but if you're on YouTube, for example, YouTube has an entire royalty system built into YouTube. If you post somebody else's music, they they have the bots to fingerprint it and they'll label it and they'll pay the royalties out to the people who own the music. Facebook and their uh, their Instagram site don't do that. Um, and it, it appears that Facebook, that's just not their business. Market. That's not what they want to do. That's not the business they want to get in for whatever reason. They feel that they're going to make more money or be more lucrative in what it is that they're doing and they're trying to sell ads they're trying to sell ads and i guess some kind of way strategically they feel they can sell more ads by being a family personal oriented kind of like share with your friends kind of site um versus a you know celebrity share or, or musician expose yourself that kind of way um and um they do uh instagram at least does uh support some level of celebrity in order to help draw in the people. But then the, the goal, I guess, is to have family. Facebook is really not, I mean, there, there isn't a lot of, you know, the way Facebook is designed really trying to towards celebrity It's really designed towards people you already know. Uh, and that's what they show you. That's what you connect with. Um, so that that's, to me, I think it's just strategy. And I think that as musicians, we have to take a step back and look at the platforms that work for us and use those platforms. And, uh, you know, I, I'd like to think that these other platforms will come back calling once they see how it works uh, in other places. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just a strategic decision. Good point. Uh, John Lane? I just don't. I think they just don't want to deal with the lawsuits from uh, these music corporations because they these music corporations want to get paid, uh, which is probably why a lot of people want to defend Kanye and his whole the music industry is a white supremacist, and they want black black artists and black musicians to own their masters. But this is a uh, to me this is. The, the entire music industry pinching pennies and as rich as they are, they want to keep their riches. And if they have to pay Royal, if they feel like they can charge royalty fees, then they will. And they're not going to look into the creative aspect of these DJs and what they're doing in this time of a pandemic. It's just them being greedy and Facebook doesn't want to have to deal, doesn't want to have to deal with it. So, I get it. I don't support it, but you know, there's a lot of things on Facebook that I don't support. I haven't even really touched my Facebook since April. So I'm slowly dwindling myself away from all that, but you know, just to keep it short, I, I, I just don't think they want to, I, I think they don't want to get sued. Well, do you? Um, I don't think Facebook is in the entertainment business. I think that's the biggest thing that, kind of also in like in regards to what Trey was saying, that's kind of what led them to this decision. We're becoming too much of an entertainment sort of entity when we are here to facilitate 
information to a degree, but not necessarily entertainment. Like that's where YouTube steps up. That's where you get like, like YouTube live and stuff like that, because you can find it all on there. You can't, not to say you can't find it on Facebook, but that's not the primary focus or that's not the primary goal for Facebook. Instagram, like you said, is different because that's a celebrity thing, but that's, I mean, you also have like celebrities on there that sue because people use their likeness in another photo or something like that. So you still have some of the the whole um, pay me for my services set up in, in, in Instagram, but I feel like Facebook is more like, that's not our lane. That's not where we like, like Tracy, that's not our business model. We're not in this entertainment thing. So y'all, we like what you're doing, but take that somewhere else. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, ultimately it does go back to what John was saying. They want to stay rich or, you know, they don't want to have to pay X, Y, Z, but ultimately, nah, you can go and do that on a, for real, for real, they could be doing this to create something else or buy up another like site that, that actually does this 24 hours a day. Mm. Cool. You know what I mean? It could be, you know, we know y'all like music. We know y'all want to entertain each other. So, so we start here, doing something else. Yeah. Here you they go. Have a, they have a whole service that they pay, that you pay for. Here you go. Yeah. I mean, and Facebook owns Instagram too. So yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah. But I mean, we just, we, the narrative yeah, that. we just branching out. And now this is strictly music all the time. And then, oh, you know what? Let's put comedy on it. We could put everything on it. You know, it's yeah, going to be, it's yeah. going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I do feel like it is a power play, but I think it is one of those also, we know what we've lost. Let's create something that we can get that back, but not have it on this part. But see, yeah, I, I, to, more, more to your point, Jay, I think if you, if you're willing to cut that, that means you already have something in the works that you're going to build like a platform for it. So mm-hmm. like, who knows if, you know, we might get, Instagram, there might be a whole Instagram live separate thing that you pay like a $10 a month fee to watch these mm-hmm. performances and yep. they're able to capitalize and not have to worry about the licensing fees and all that stuff. Cause I know that, I know for sure, like when we were doing the things we were doing, um, if we weren't on D Nice's page, it got shut down. Like D Nice had like full autonomy on yeah. Instagram to play whatever he wanted. And that's why people started hopping on his page to or requesting to be on his page for an hour, two hours at a time. You know, to that point though, Dennis, I'm curious. D Nice played a lot of people's music on Instagram, and I wonder if the phone was ringing from like Universal, Sony, and all of them. If they were calling Instagram, this is what happened when D Nice did his first stream, that first late night stream that got like over like a million people in it. He got the stamp uh-huh. from Instagram, so he got they cleared all his stuff. He was able to play whatever well, he wanted. Well, I'm not talking about Instagram, though. I'm talking about Universal, Sony, yeah, Warner. The music, the yeah, you know Are I'm they saying. like, yo, um, this dude is playing our stuff on basically what is equivalent to today's TV. Yes. And we're I'm not saying, getting no money saying, for this. I'm saying he got the stamp from them. So when it came down to the record labels reaching out to Instagram to see, like, what's going on, they just they gave him hush money. So he was able to play whatever he wanted. For a certain amount of time, like because they shut him down after a while too. Like I think he but, can still go ahead. But I, what I'm saying is, let let me play devil's devil's advocate here. Maybe that is what pushed it over the edge, and they're like, "Yo, we yeah. ain't set up to pay these labels," because there's no way that that stuff that went on with D Nice, because like us putting out videos, Fred putting out videos, a, a lot of uh uh like um independent artists just putting out stuff. 
that could kind of go maybe a little bit under the radar. Yeah. But that stuff that was going on with D Nice during the beginning of the pandemic, yeah, I am sure that you that all of the major label uh distributor reps were aware that it was going on and was like oh, yeah. hold on we got to get paid for this oh yeah no when, when michelle obama went into his his feed that's yeah. a sign <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah but it's right everybody jay, was in there more to jay's <laughs> point i think that when that flag went up it's like okay he's doing this and he's getting all these views let's find a way to capitalize that so we all get paid like the rich get richer and you know what I'm saying? Like we have to find a way to capitalize on it so the people just don't take advantage of it and we, we aren't able to capitalize monetize on it. it. Yeah, we aren't so we able to monetize, monetize it. Well, what I'm curious to see is if Jay is right with the direction because sometimes businesses do say we need to refocus on our core business and they right. cut things. So are they really cutting the entertainment and going back to focus on families and stuff and saying that, you know, YouTube has got that. We don't need to worry about it. Bingo. We're we've got this market, or do they have a YouTube competitor that they about to slide out? We don't know. We'll see. Think I'm well, about I mean, to buy YouTube. We'll know until you know they roll if they roll out a new. I don't know about platform. that. Google owns YouTube. Right, they ain't I buying know. that. I know. I know. <laughs> Look, right. They can run on the platform and PS5 is going to be called. <laughs> oh wow! You can get Facebook Music yeah. built into the PS5. Face Instaplay. <laughs> Face Instaplay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> It's gonna be up there, and then you know we'll see what happens with that. You know, I mean, we don't know. We we do know that you know it's it's a it's a it's a shock to the music industry to all the musicians who were using that platform to you know even if they were playing their own music, you know, it's a shock to them. You know, to have to re yeah, because based on those terms you read, you can't even they don't want you really playing your own music because you playing anything yet because the way the laws work, if you play your own music, they technically owe you money for that. Like it's, 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 a, it's a hard way to go anyway you cut it uh so we'll have to wait and see how that story unfolds i'm pretty sure in the next couple months we'll we'll get some updates about that and it'll, it'll be either what we said or something more diabolical we don't know so with that being said we're going to get into our last segment of the evening um artist of the week and we will start with john you can give us your artist of the week and who you think we should be listening to for the people my artist of the week is the ever incomparable DeBarge, um, initially known as Switch, and I even think before that uh, the the group Smash, um, and they had oh, Smash Switch and then DeBarge. Yeah. Okay. Um, they had their first gigs in the late seventies in Detroit, and then. Um, they started getting major hits when they were signed to Motown and they were on Motown for the better part of about 10 years or not even 10 years. I'm sorry. Uh, maybe like six years or so. Um, and their last album with before they broke up rhythm of the night had a couple of uh, top selling hits, number one hits rhythm of the night. Who's holding Donna now uh, until L and someone else got a record deal with another major record label and they ended up breaking up. But, um, man, that, uh, that Minnesota sound, you know, they, they all grew up in the church. Um, they, they kind of remind me of, uh, well, I shouldn't say that. I should say mint condition reminds me of them in more modern, uh, modern genre. 
but DeBarge is my artist of the week. Man, do you remember when they um, they did that um, Music Matters first on BET and they tried to reintroduce El DeBarge as like a new artist? In, like, Man, that shit was <laughs> Oh, <laughs> God. That shit was horrible. But like, there's a like, new upcoming artist. That's a, whole, that's a whole nother angle of rebranding. You mean yeah. new artists? Like, oh, new attempted right. rebranding. Yeah. I actually, I, I did a show with him like in 2004 at Juice Lounge, and the bass yeah, player. No, stop talking. Juice, Juice hired. Juice nah, hired this bass player. I'm not gonna say his name. Juice hired this bass player. He should have hired Hamilton, but he hired this other bass player, and the bass player did not know the turnarounds to uh, Time We Reveal, so L ended up yelling out the chord changes to the bass player. And made the crowd sing the song. This <laughs> song. That's wow. crazy. You know, you know the homie uh, Willie Howe plays for um uh yeah. now. Yep. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. my homie. Shout out to Willie. Oh Willie. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh yep. let's go, Jay Hill. Um, so man, I don't even know if you listened last week, John. I gave you a shout out, man. Oh, oh for you really? know what? That's a whole nother animal. You missed that. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> um this week. Like, I uh, listen to this podcast. You talking about <laughs> right? Um, this week I happen to be. I have a live playlist on um, Apple Music where, like, I feel like some of the best live albums ever uh, put together should be all in one package. And I happen to be listening to this one from 2003, um, Luther Vandross. Hey, live, live at Radio City Music Hall. Hey. Um, this joint like is so fucking clean. And he's just like, just <laughs> just just stop. Just stop singing. Like this dude ain't dancing, he ain't doing nothing. He just like, I'ma sing. Y'all gonna like it, and we're gonna have a good time. Let's go. And I mean it's it's killing. And then he was one that was always um famous for I want my background vocalist or my supporting vocalist to be better than, than I am. So, Angie Stone. I mean, all of them, man. Mm-hmm. He had Angie, he had Lisa Fisher, he had all mm-hmm. of them, man. I mean, he, he was just killing. And this, this record is literally an hour and 15 minutes of the, the cleanest male, <clears throat> cleanest male vocal that you have heard in a while. So, Luther Vandross. What's the name of that album again? Live at Radio City Music. Oh, yeah. 2003. Trey? All right. So, my artist of the week is Blue Note Records. I knew it was coming. I knew it. Yeah. Yeah, I gave you guys (laughs) Three hours of solos. Let's go. (laughs) Yes. So, um, there was I'm watching this, though. Yeah, there, there was a video that was created in 1985. That was the year I turned five. But anyway, um, it was uh, One Night with Blue Note, and it was an all-star concert. And when I say it was an all-star concert, what they had up there was the equivalent. If you had Jerry Rice, Michael Jordan, uh, you know Wayne Gretzky, and all them guys just playing at the same time, that's what was going on. I mean, so <laughs> you had – Guys playing their original tunes from back in the day with an all-star band up there. I mean, you had um, Herbie Hancock, Joe Henderson, Freddie Hubbard, Ron Carter. You had Tony Williams. 
You had uh, um, R. Blakey. You had Grover Washington Jr. You had um, everybody. Uh, Charles Lloyd. You had uh, uh, oh uh, Bobby uh, Hutcherson. You had. I mean, it was just it, it it was bananas. And and they were all you know taking solos and stuff on each other's tunes and and taking it, it was it's great. I love it. I thought I thought the coolest thing about that I, I watched it yesterday was like how they set up each of the songs. It was like never seen before together in the room. Herbie Hancock and whoever else is going to play on this Right, team. right, right. Whoever else feel like stepping up here. And, they, they, and the coolest part about it was everybody had on a suit except for Tony Williams. <laughs> everybody yeah. had on a suit. He came out there with like a, like a three-ring t-shirt. I was like, oh, shit. it was killing, bro. I was like, oh, that's this is pretty dope. So yeah, if, if you got some time, you should check it out. It, it's definitely a piece of history. Um, it's called the Blue Note story, right? It's, no, it's one night with Blue Note. Oh, one night with Blue Note. Um, and it's a lot of people up there that's dead now, man. A whole lot of them. Well, we make it more, man. Great. Yeah. I mean, that we've lost. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna give you my mine, and uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to the '80s as well, and it's gonna be the Jacksons' Victory album. And oh wow! The reason the reason why this this album is is pretty cool to me is because they got both Michael and Jermaine to do a lot of the leads. I mean, not to mention the Jacksons wrote all the songs on it and all the Jackson brothers got leads on the songs, but the most popular songs on the record, um, Torture, State of Shock, uh, they got Michael and Jermaine to do those songs and they were working on their own records at the time. Like Michael was, Michael was Mike at that point, like, you know, and the fact that he still came through and did the records for his brothers was pretty cool. And, the, the coolest part about the torture video, if you guys haven't seen it, which I'm sure you guys have seen it, but I don't know if you guys paid attention. Michael isn't in the video. They have a mannequin mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. Michael in the torture video. So every time you see anything that looks like Michael, it's a mannequin. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like they got they got skeletons and stuff in the video. And then when they show all five of the brothers standing up and you got Michael's hand up, it's like, wait a minute, that's not Michael, that's a mannequin. And yeah. Randy, Randy, uh, uh, Randy, Jackie looks like Michael in the video. So they like, had a lot of double. times they had him double as Michael. Mm-hmm. And um, it just goes to show that like, I mean, they were a talented group of brothers and you know, they still torn. I got a homie that plays with the Jackson right now. Uh, plays guitar for him. Kyle? Uh, yeah, Kyle, uh, what's Kyle's last name? I can't remember. I forget. Me, me too. But Kyle's killing and he plays for the Jacksons and he told Stevie one as well. But that record was like, one of the few times that Jackson's actually got to write their own tunes. Um, and the social song, I thought it was dope. State of Shock was dope, you know, so that's my uh, my artist of the week. Um, and there you have it, folks. And we're going to wrap this show up. Again, this is Sports and Things. I'm Dennis Turner, along with Jay Hill, John Lane, and Trey Healy. Make sure you subscribe to us. Check us out on all major platforms. Um, that we're everywhere, so, you know, check us out. Until next week. Go watch the football team. Peace. So let's go. If you could just imagine some dudes into music, get together to talk trash about whose teams are losing. So here we go. Deke Turner, John Lane, Trey Illy, Jay Hill, the MVP, court in the history. So now what? They got their mics and gizmos. Podcast rapper for DC, what it is, Mo. Yeah, we talking sports and things. From rookies who bored to vets who about to get more rings, plus more things, like a jam session or something. Then we beefing because our favorite team, John like slumming. John like pumping.
open over podcasts and stereo every O. You want more than that whole hum, so here we go. Yeah, we go from bars to beats to podcast or astro turf with balls and cleats like that jaw. Talking sports and things, talking sports and things. Priest the nomad up. Talking sports and things. We're talking sports and things. D Turner John Lane. Talking sports and things. Baby, we're talking sports and things. Trey Illy, Drake Hill. Talking sports and things. Talking sports and things. DC, baby. Thanks for listening to Sports and Things featuring John Lane, Trey Ely, Jay Hill, and Dennis Turner. Be sure to follow and subscribe for our upcoming episodes. You can also reach the team on Instagram at S-P-O-R-T-Z-A-N-D-T-H-I-N-G-Z and on Twitter at I-Z-S-P-O-R-T-Z. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.